He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello and welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I am Evan Wexel. That makes me the host. That makes this my podcast. That makes this my house. Uh, thank you guys for for checking this out. This is a random uh, podcast because I interview a random Facebook friend every episode and it's not going to get more random than this episode. Um, before I explain why, please check out more about this podcast at awkwardwithevan.com, past episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to support this show, a few ways, but the primary way is patreon.com slash funnyevan for as little as a dollar a month. You can hook me up on a recurring basis so I can keep tracking down these random Facebook peeps. Um, and it's not going to get more random than this episode because here's the deal. I was added by this random person on Facebook and I said, fine, I will confirm this. But then I said, this is a podcast about Facebook friends. I'm going to message this person and make them come on my podcast. And they did. This person I got on my podcast is named JJ Barrows. I know nothing about her. I never spoke to her. I didn't know she existed until the time she added me on Facebook. But she was nice enough to come on and see what I was all about and what this podcast was all about. Turns out she is a, a beginner comedian in the San Diego area, but she has a lot of passions, a lot of careers um, that she has experience with and a, a really great attitude. So um, I mentioned with Patreon that one of the tiers is a consultation uh, by me about anything. Um, you can kind of get a sample of what a comedy consultation would be because I give her advice about comedy and promoting yourself and just how to approach that first year or two of doing comedy because if you've been doing comedy for a while, you know that the first few years are a little rocky and rough and you're really trying to find your feet. And uh, she was nice enough to listen to what I had to say, but I got to listen to a, a lot about her and where she came from and where she's going and what her shtick is uh, on stage and who our influences are. And then, of course, she asked me some things about me. So let's get you all of that. I didn't know what this interview was going to be. We talked for a very long time, like almost an hour. But I'm going to give you the full, raw, first conversation ever between me and J.J. Barrows. Hey guys, we're back on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, and someone on Facebook uh, added me yesterday, and I didn't really know who they were, but I accepted their request on the grounds that I would then contact the person and make sure that they came on my podcast, and she did. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, her name is JJ Barrows. I know nothing about her. JJ, <laughs> welcome to Socially Awkward. Hi. Thank Hi. you to be here. It is good to be here. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I guess my first question is, why did you friend me on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm a creeper. No, this is great. It was weird because I was having like, I could tell you were like, you had like, you were a real person. I could tell there was nothing spammy about you. 
Yeah. Because I had you, and then there was someone else that added me, and I was like, oh, whatever, fine. It's it's fine. It's someone else that's whatever. But you, yes, do do tell. I want to know. This is fun. Wait. Okay. Usually I get the whatever, but I got a yes. So okay, score. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I recently started doing uh, stand up comedy this year. It's like a field I've been exploring. It's something that I I've always loved comedy, but I've never been the person that was like. I bet I could do that. I was more or less like, right. I wish I could do that. But then this year I was just kind of like, dude, why not just try? Even if I yeah. just like it, you know, I like storytelling. So anyways, I signed up for a course and just have been exploring that world. And the more that I've explored it, the more I've just really enjoyed it. And so I recently, I really like uh, Tony Robbins. And okay. so I'm, I'm reading one of his books and he he had made this comment about if you want to grow in whatever field that you're in, um, hang out with the people or talk to the people or get to know the people who are already doing what you do. And so I just kind of started looking up, um, comedians like in the general, like Southern California area. Cool. Um, I was looking up clean comics specifically because I feel like that's hard to find. And so I just like, like went through a few and just like looked at different people's like material and like, Oh wow! Thank yeah. The people that I just enjoyed, and I enjoyed your stuff, so I was like, "Oh, maybe this guy." <laughs> oh wow! Thank you. Um, okay, so because we have one mutual friend on Facebook, and it's another comedian, Adam Hunter, who is who's not as clean as me, but he can be. He's more. He's a better comedian than I. You know, we're different comedians, but I mean, he's been on like Last Comic Standing and crushing it. Okay. He works his butt off. Like he tries to get on stage every night. He's amazing. Um, okay. I also I also don't know him. <laughs> oh, you don't know him, but he he said yes. Because I mean, I was, I'm like, you know what? And this is me, even though married ten years. I'm like, this is a cute girl, and I'm like, I'm a, and I think she has she's a comedian also. So I would talk to her. I always have been fond of female comedians just because I know like they're nice, they're understanding, and they can see behind uh, the veneer of society, and they're willing yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, I like so that. Yeah. so that's why. Uh, you know, it's cool. It's very cool to see. And you're down because I saw you have some flyers. You already have some shows coming up, like you're doing a Mother's Day show. Yeah. 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 It's been really cool. It's kind of just been one after the other. I like I did the course through National Comedy Theater. And then um, my instructor has been in the comedy world for like 25 years. And so, you know, he knows people all over and he's kind of just connected me. And from doing I got to do um, I got to open for Dat Fan. Who, oh, yeah. Who was, Winner of Last Comic Standing. The first season yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he actually came to our student showcase because uh, my instructor was his instructor. And then so he saw my set and um, asked if I'd be an opener at the comedy store in La Jolla. So that was like my first kind of like. That's really cool. Big thing. And it was like, that's just a fun crowd in general. And um, it. Yeah, that was like one of those experiences that I had where I was just like, oh, I feel alive. <laughs> so, yeah, so so it's cool because then like out of that, I've gotten to do a couple more. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm for sure like just starting out. Right. Um, but I've had so much fun with the few shows that I've gotten. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're on flyers. It lo- You know, yeah. it looks like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I started by taking a class too. I took a class at the comic strip in New York City. Uh, I took it twice, two times through, uh, just to get the extra beginner material. And yeah, my, well, where was your first set? Was your first set at the end of the course or was it, um, like a separate, like, did you just want to drop in somewhere and just try it out beforehand? My first actual, like, like planned set was, was the, 
the course that graduation showcase. Mm-hmm. But before that, I just started doing open mics just to like try it out. So, cause that was one of the things that they said in, in class is to, you know, just, you got to practice, you know, and that's hard for me. Like, like originally I wanted to do improv because right. I love improv and I feel like sometimes I'm just kind of better off the cuff. Like when I'm with my friends and you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, whatever. Um, but the classes were full and they just had the stand-up course last left. And I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, maybe it's the same and it's not at all. <laughs> and I wasn't really prepared for how much work went into it. I really didn't know. Like, all of the writing and the editing and the prep and the memorizing and the rehearsing, I was like, wow, this is like legit acting, except you're acting like yourself. Like <laughs> it was, we- it was so weird. So I was like super nervous because yeah. it's not like you just show up to class or you just show up to a show and you just kind of do whatever. It's like, you have to be really prepped. And that for me yeah. was very different. So I tried to practice at a few open mics and my first, my first few picks of places maybe weren't the best places, but Um, but it was good. It was good practice. And I think if anything, even though I kind of like didn't know what I was doing, I at least like realized, okay, I could do something that's scary, but still survive it, you know, and be okay. And that kind of just helped me do the next show and the next show. Wow. That's really good. So you're breaking into like, you're seeing the San Diego open mics. I think that's where you're, you're in San Diego. Yes. Cause I saw it. Yeah. Um, so you're like seeing the San Diego, does the comedy store have open mics? Did they ever have a night? Or does, yes. Um, my first one I did at like Winston's, which is this, this, this semi sketchy. I don't want to oh, hate yeah. it. No, you got to be. No, sketchy is the best. Half the places you learn is got to be sketchy. Yeah. So that was a different crowd. Um, it's you and a bunch of comics, usually in the crowd, and then you got to each. Yeah, and that was weird, and the, and the Comedy Palace, and it was weird to, I didn't know this either going into it, that when you're doing comedy open mics, I didn't realize that pretty much everyone that is there is a comic <laughs> wanting to do comedy, and half the time I feel like they're going through their material in their head while you're performing, right. so they're not They're writing things. their stuff. Yeah, either that or you actually suck. Like, I don't, It's. I feel yeah. like it's like one of the two, because even the people that I felt like were good... I'd be like, oh, I, I kind of wasn't paying attention because I was in my head. Right. Um, but the scene in and of itself was very different for me. Very different for me. I'm I'm kind of an early to bed kind of a girl. So to be out late night with like right. all these dudes that are just really gnarly, it was very, very interesting uh, my first few times. But again, like really good experience and good to see like what's what's out there and, and who's doing what. And um, yeah, it was interesting. But new that's how you'll break in i mean you'll see a lot of people um and then they'll notice you and then they'll they'll book their own rooms on the side or once a month and then you'll start to network with them that way um so that's really helpful i mean being that you're only starting this year like it's kind of like you want to all you can eat buffet it i would say with like stage time for the first couple years because uh I thought maybe I don't know. I did stand up only for the first year, and then I was like, I have to put like two and two together. I didn't want to memorize all that stuff. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, I see, like I'm a Bon Jovi fan. I see Bon Jovi set list. It's like 14 things written down. I'm like, that's two hours of material for them. I'm like, I'd rather just write down songs because then each song is like four minutes. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to write down. But I think stand up when you have the great material with stand up, it's just like. It's timeless and it's classic and uh, definitely 
keep on rolling with that. Yeah, that's my instructor said the same thing about stage time. He said because I was asking him like about different venues and like you know different people and and I was like and this one seems kind of creepy and he says you at this point you say yes to all of it yeah. because at this point it's all about experience like yeah. some of it will absolutely be networking and some of it will just simply be so that you can have the experience and to know you know what it's like to perform there and I'm like okay but it's like super <laughs> intimidating it's it's really especially when you go into all these places and you realize like there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing like even that was kind of eye-opening for me it's you know you mean like the same topics like they're trying to hit on the same um, material or they're just like you know, even just well, people, I was just so caught off guard, I think, by people trying to pursue comedy in general. Sure. Like, I just didn't know because I've never tried to pursue it. I've always loved it. Right. It's like, you know, but it's like when you think you have like your own favorite song or something and then you find out it's like a hit on the radio and it's everyone's favorite song and you're like, but no, yeah, wait. Yeah, it kind of wears you down a little. Uh, like, we're not, well, for me, it's like if I'm like, for example, I'm a big wrestling fan and I'm like listening to all these podcasts of like wrestling fans and like this kind of like wears out my uniqueness of being a fan of that but yeah. at the same time you want to like come work together and like pull that excitement to to make yes. something greater um yeah i mean you, you yeah you're all going up there you all have a similar rhythm and tone you're all kind of fishing for like yeah. where the jokes are and you're trying to see, like, is this something that would only work in a room of, like, aberrated comedians? Or would this right. work in uh, the general population? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, if you can get even, like, those little showcase spots, maybe it's, like, Brea Improv or uh, Irvine Improv. Like, those, like, if you can ever get up where they're, like, on a Wednesday night where maybe it's, like, a handful of, like, seven-minute comedians. Like, that's always yeah. a good gauge to see yeah. where your material's at. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the other scary part too. Is the only way to figure out if your material works or not is to just get up there and do it. True. Like your rehearsal is on stage, essentially. You know, because you you can like think you can write it out and you can be like, "This is awesome," and then you get up on stage and it's like crickets, and you're like, "Maybe that's not awesome." <laughs> I or wonder if it's like if it's a crowd of mostly like guy comedians i'm just wondering if like she's kind of cute like i wonder if i should talk to her after the set i don't know what i should do that's I, what you also want being a female comedian there's not it's like oh my gosh there's a girl that likes it we have the same interests let me see so i don't know well, um, it's weird because someone like i've i feel like i've i heard that like first starting like people being like oh be careful being a female comedian the guys would come after you i don't know if it's because i work clean and like some of my stuff right. the, the guys maybe think they just think i'm vanilla or what but like right. i don't that that doesn't happen for me like at all like if anything it's okay. like oh you, you I, I get the little sister vibe if you were in la or like, new york i think you'd probably i don't know i i, I mean from doing open mics in both cities Yes. Also, I think just my experience in California in general, at least with dudes, is that they're very laid back and yep. they're very um, they kind of have this like whatever, like no bad days kind of a vibe. And I'm like, first of all, that's not realistic because we have bad days. And second of all, could you please care about something like <laughs> like they don't have they don't take initiative. And I've I've just found that to be the case in general. My experience here, I grew up in the south. And so it's 
Very different. Yes. Very different. So to come from the South where a girl is not supposed to pursue a dude to now live <laughs> in the land of where women only pursue the men, I'm like, what the heck is going well, on? Well, yeah, I think the dudes are just like, whatever, I got Tinder. Let's, let's all good. I'm just yeah. going to swipe. So, yeah. um, so you're from South. I saw College of Charleston. Was that yes. you went there? So you're, are you from South Carolina? I'm from South Carolina. Very True. nice. I, my, I think my only South Carolina gig was Clemson. Um, oh yeah, that's where my sister I, went. Actually, yeah. Hold on, let me get one thing. I have one thing from my Clemson. This is what they did for me. me oh, I love it. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yes. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. This is the coolest thing a school's ever done for me. I'll show you this for the audience. Yay, the, the orange. For first Friday nights. Oh my gosh, yes. And they made uh featuring comedian Evan Wexel. A guitar playing tiger. No way. That's so rad. I have never worn this shirt. It's October 2nd, 2009. It was a good day. 2009. I think my sister was still there then. My sister would. Hopefully, she didn't see me. It was an okay show. They had a bowling alley right nearby, so that was cool. It's cool with whatever. That's so rad. Yeah. Yeah. We only have two big schools in South Carolina Clemson and USC. Well, yes. USC University of South Carolina right. is USC in South Carolina. So I moved out when I moved to California, mm-hmm. USC apparently to the rest of the Right. <laughs> Everyone outside of South Carolina. Yeah, is University of Southern California. And so when I got out here and everyone talked about USC, I was like, How do so many people know about the Gamecocks? I really didn't think it was that big of a school, but wrong school. So yeah, I mean, what? Where are you from? So you're from where? Did you grow up in South Carolina? Like right near Charleston or? Uh, Polly's Island. So it's like an okay. hour and a half north of Charleston. So it's right in between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. So still on the coast. I moved from coast to coast, basically. Cool. So you graduated, and then you moved out right away to California, or? Uh, no, graduated. I went to Chicago for a while. Okay. Um, I was in Chicago for almost four years, and then I went to Portland for almost four years, and then I moved to San Diego. What year are we in? 2017. I moved to San Diego about three years ago, so okay. I kind of slowly hopped my way over. Okay, very nice. And uh, what what's been a uh, Facebook life for you? What are you using it for now? Like to share the comedy stuff? Uh, since it's a, this, yeah. is a, this is a podcast where I interview a random Facebook friend every episode. So I always, I guess, yeah. want to inquire on like what what Facebook life is like. Yeah, so I I pretty much use it to network. I've dabbled in so many different things. Like right. I think when I, you know, in college, when I was in college, when Facebook first came out, in fact, I remember when they first opened it up to high schoolers and I was like, what the crap is this? Like there's like, <laughs> on here now. And now high schoolers are like, Facebook is so old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, in college you were on it cause it was new and cool. And then when I graduated and moved away, I was on it cause I was like connecting with, you know, people who were far away and it was a way to keep in touch. And then when I was in Portland, I really got into writing a lot. And so I was writing a lot more and I was blogging. And so I was sharing stuff. I was using Facebook to share stuff there. And, um, and I do videos, like I have a YouTube channel, but Facebook is like way more of a, it, it gets stuff out there quicker and faster. Yeah. I find. Um, so I use that to share that. And then I got really involved in the art scene. I also do art um, oh. painting and live art. And, and so that was a way I, I literally, so I did art full time last year. That was all I did. And I honestly just survived using Facebook and Instagram because <laughs> I was 
post my work and that was how I sold it. Was wow. I, sold, I didn't even have a website for my art. I just, I literally sold it all online. So did you have like a uh, Facebook page for the art or was it just like personal friends reaching out? Like how much is that? Or I eventually made, yeah. So it started out just, I was posting stuff on my page uh-huh. um, and then people would inquire. Um, and then I eventually made my own little like Facebook page for it. But then, yeah, people would either see a piece and they'd say, Hey, I want that one or, Hey, I liked that one, but could you do that? But with an elephant on it or could you, you know, yeah. and then, so then I started getting commissioned work where people would want personalized pieces and, wow. um, and it really took off. And, and I kind of went through this phase where I was like, you know, I'm so, you know, burnt out on social media. I just, I need a break. And I, I kind of took a break from it for a while, but I was like, Oh God, that's like literally how I made money. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like constantly trying to find the balance between like, not not overdoing it like I don't want to live my life behind a screen and just like posting about mm-hmm. life you know mm-hmm. um I want to make sure I'm intentional about spending time away from the computer and away from social media um but then also know you know when it's good to use it and use it as a tool to connect mm-hmm. and and to market and to network and um my mom loves that I'm on Facebook because she gets to see everything she's in South Carolina She's in yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So she's always, always, there's, um, all, every time I see Lydia Barrows has made a comment <laughs> on your thing, I'm like, oh crap, what did she said? Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> my- I know she's going to be one of those little embarrassing comments. It's usually not anymore. She, she just, she's super proud and she loves me. So yeah, it's usually, usually my mother-in-law will, is more vocal with me, if anything, on Facebook. She'll, yeah. And my mom will only post if she's like out like overseas on vacation, she'll post every day what she's doing, every meal, yeah. every photo. <laughs> but anyway, she's pretty down. She pretty lays low. But the cool thing about being a comedian, like your mom is in, my mom's a teacher. So like sometimes the kids may like look her up and then maybe when they look her up, they'll find me. So then yeah. sometimes in school, they'll ask my mom about me, which is really funny. <laughs> Cause one time she's kind of like semi-retired, but when she like kind of formally retired last year, um, I did come in on the last day I was in New York at that time and I made like a speech about her and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Family and Facebook. Okay. We're going to get back to more with JJ Barrows, but first it's that time. It's that jazz music. It's where I tell you about patreon.com slash funny Evan. If you go to that link, you will see that that is my page where I talk about my podcast and why I need your support to keep this podcast going. Right now, I have a few supporters. Half of them are my mom or mother-in-law. I got to do more because I want to get more time into this, more fun, uh, more resources. It's what's needed. Um, you can read about what I need on patreon.com slash funnyevan. Also, you have reward tiers. So even for as little as a dollar a month, you will get access to patron-only updates. For $3 a month, you will get an awkward army certificate. $5 a month, an Evan Wexel cell phone wallet. These things are fawned after and yearned for when coming into eye contact with them. Um, and there's other con- uh, tiers like the consultant tier title sponsorship tier is the top of the mountain if you really want to see what that's all about um podcast just passed five thousand downloads so people are listening people are downloading so uh it'll definitely be appreciated i can even give you a shout out if you uh if you join as a patron but uh it's it's a great way it's it's what artists do in this crazy artist world um to make something happen so i hope you guys make it happen because i'm now going to get back to making it happen with J.J. Barrows and her discovery 
of what cake means. Thanks to, thanks to Flow Rider. Yeah. Uh, very, very nice. Um, okay. Well, any, any, being a new, newish comedian, do you have any questions for me about comedy or non-comedy? Since oh, this is God. what you got in a new Facebook friend, you got right. an interview out of this. Not yeah. just, you're not just like someone waiting in like wallflowering in your Facebook life. Cause I'll like, literally what I do is I, I'll, I mean, I have like a list of people I'd love to talk to, but, and I have like a list of them, but then sometimes it's like, we're West Coast people, so it's amazing. Like, I was going to yeah. jump at the chance to talk to someone else in California because otherwise yeah. I'd be talking to someone at 2 a.m. in the East Coast, which I have done. Wow. Wow. Really? Well, yeah. Well, I've talked to people so far. You'd be, you're going to be episode 39. So, okay. so wow. I've spoken to people. I had a Facebook friend in Armenia. Uh, that's 12 hours away. I had someone in Italy, nine hours away. Uh, what? Sweden. Sweden was a, I was someone with the last name of Wexel, but we're not related. So that That's was so funny. That was one. So it's very random, um, which is the goal. And that was like you are like my my prime example of someone I would love to interview for my podcast because That's we have so no backstory, yeah. <laughs> no grid. <laughs> but so yeah, I guess that goes back to my original question. Any any questions for me as as one of your new Facebook friends and and now a fellow comedian? Uh, yeah yeah anything you're looking to get out of this conversation well like so like with starting and like with shows and stuff like I know you said like get as much stage time as possible like other than like just showing up for open mics I don't really know how to go about uh pursuing shows or I don't know if if you're supposed to reach out to people who are the comedians and say hey if you ever need an opener or if you're supposed to find people that like I'm just now learning that there's people pr- that produce shows versus right. there's people that just show up for shows. And I've learned like, like I asked some comedian <laughs> to be an opener and they're like, I'm trying to book shows myself. And I was like, Oh, okay. My bad. Like, I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to. I don't know. Like essentially I don't know what I'm doing other than just if someone will give me some space to tell some stories outside yeah, of that. No, no I've like, given, um, I've given tons of comedy seminars, uh, for a few years and, I'll say, you know what? Screw any time anyone else gives you the impression of like, don't ask me that. Ask more of others. <laughs> really? Like, they're like, I'm trying to book shows too. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you again in like two weeks when I'm looking for another <laughs> show. Then I'm going to ask three of your friends if they're ever doing shows. Like it's, it's, it's a total hustle because, you know, yeah. we're, we're just like Uber drivers. Like, I mean, we're more, we're less... <laughs> We're less like Uber drivers. At least they have a car. Like we got nothing. Like, I mean, so we're just like literally from the ground up, like we are our own product. So the only way we're going to get there is by, by hustling. It doesn't mean like if you, if you're good with your material and you haven't really written anything and you don't think there's anything, it's not worth your time to go to the same open mic and do the same material again for the same group of comics, then don't do it. It's different now. Like when I was starting, it was always like bring a little digital recorder and maybe record something. Sometimes on my phone, like in my notes section or like my reminder section, I can write like, oh, maybe this is a funny concept that I'll never or maybe I will write about or something. So there's always, you know, it's a you're you're clean, which is good. So you can that's opens more doors to you than just like being like, okay, I got to talk about like like genitals and stuff for like 10 minutes. Like you've, you've got a leg up cause you'll be able to go anywhere um, with that. So 
What I did when I was in New York is I, there's a website you could check out if you don't know it already. Actually, there's chucklemonkey.com, which is like comedy, comedy vanities. And I can text you this later or yeah, write it down now. Chucklemonkey.com. Not sure how current it is, but that's like comedy open mics all around the country, broken down by state. And it can tell you like whether shows are booked, open mics, pay to perform like they may break that down for you but the other one i'd recommend is like openmics.org um since i started on long island we only had a couple of comedy clubs and it was pretty much closed off from like new comedians because they just did stuff on the weekends so i my open mics were like starbucks in this town or like poetry open my, my first set was a poetry open mic it was like all these like emotional emo poems or angry poets. And then I go up and I'm trying to tell jokes that I didn't write out. They're just a set (laughs) list with no material behind it. And I was, I mean, I took my lumps at these places, but there were these amazing places where it was like either a poetry night, a music band, open mic night. And I was just a place with anywhere with a microphone. So if you got go to openmics.org and you're like songwriter night, screw that. I'm going to show up and maybe I'll do, uh, five minutes in between like two bands or maybe it's like a jam night and like maybe you want to show up and be like i'll just do 10 minutes while you guys are done in between jams because like i think it's cool also because they're not all comedians if you show up to a music open mic so that way you get like a different ear and they're artists so they'll listen to you um but yeah it's you do need to like shove in as much stage time as you can to be like that ideal vision you have of yourself where it's like sometimes my best shows are just the first two minutes for me because it's literally me just talking to people and like making fun of them or like calling things out for the first couple minutes. And and they're totally with me then the rest of the way. Um, But I don't, I didn't get that way without a lot of sucking or just not being as comfortable as, as what I'd like to be. And I still have more to go. I mean, there's no like absolute, like, Oh no, I'm perfect. Like Louis CK, I'm sure has a lot of, in his own eyes has a lot more work to do, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, those are the ways to do it. I think you do ask, you inquire. If I were not inquiring to like hundreds of people over my automated Gmail contact list stuff, like I could be forgotten about in the blink of an eye. Like I don't, if I just stopped doing like podcasts, like I wouldn't really get, maybe I'd get a few inquiries a year because I was just, they found me on the internet but if i'm not like all the gigs i have coming up are things i've initiated so so you want to go at it from that angle and not wait for like the phone to ring or the email or the text to come in like yeah definitely like you know you're your own business in a way so you want to treat it that way yeah uh, that's really good it's sort of it kind of reminds me of like um like in college you know you're kind of like this even if the school is big in college, you're sort of like this big fish in a small pond in the sense of the, like you're, you're there to be, you're there to have people like, you know, teach you and grow you and reach out to you. And you're, you're, it's kind of done for you. And then you, you graduate and you go out in the real world and all these businesses are not coming and necessarily knocking down. They're not scouting you the way the colleges scouted you in high school or whatever. Like if you played a sport or something like, so it's, 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 like we just finished up our our second round of the the class and it's like ending the class and now being out 
kind of, you know, the last couple, like I haven't done anything, you know, like the right. last couple weeks and I'm kind of like, Oh, I realized when I'm not actually taking the class, I actually need to make an effort to go out there right. and do something like that class kept me accountable and the class kept me consistent and it kept me connected. Yep. And I was networking a lot more. And then now, you know, I've graduated the class or whatever. I've kind of just like sat around and I'm like, when does the phone ring? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, you, you got to go out there and find it. So, and and, yeah. I, will, and I will also tell you just from a, a course I've been doing on, on my own end, uh, the more, the longer the runway you give yourself to start something, the more opportunities you will have to fail. So huh. what that means is, you know, I can wait. I mean, I've been waiting. I've like, sitcom pilot I've been sitting on for seven years just because like I haven't pursued it further but it's not doing anything because I haven't done anything with it which is fine I mean that's not what I'm putting my attention right now but yeah. uh, you know you just like you want to you know you, you want to balance you've learned now it's like go Simba be the leader of the lions yeah everything the light touches yes <laughs> Fair enough. That's good. Who would you say are some of your like favorites or people that you're inspired by comedically? Very different uh, group of people. Well, I was my formative years were spent watching uh, Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, uh, like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. That's like my Mount Rushmore of movies growing up. Yeah. Uh, then, in terms of performing stand up. I love David Tell very dirty, but uh, I love how simple he is with his material. Like there's this album Skanks for the Memories that is very crude, <laughs> but Skanks for the Memories is a phenomenally like simple, comedic, amazing stand-up album. Okay. Um, who else? Like, I mean, I guess growing up, I mean, SNL, like I, I did take to Dana Carvey. He's like one of the first people I paid attention to, but not a fan of his so much anymore. Um, I love Tom Green being just like nutty and out there. Yeah, I haven't heard of him in a while. The funny, he does a lot of stand up now. And the funny oh. thing about him, like you eventually, like you run into these people, like in Burbank airport, for example, it's so small. Like you can see like the big names just like sitting in the airport place. Like I've, I've sat next to like Pauly Shore while he was like running lines on his own. And oh I didn't like God. talk to him, but yeah. And I've like went up to Tom Green in like the airport and said hi to him, and he'd tell me how to stand up. And but yeah, I loved him in college because he was just so wacky. Like he's like, I'm gonna make these, this, these, all these sneak. He's like, he made each one in the audience give them, give their, uh, give him one of their sh shoes, and he put all these shoes in a sack. And he's like, I'm gonna make this sack of shoes disappear. And he ran out of the studio and he tied the sack to a, the back of a taxi cab and told the taxi cab to drive away. Like he just did crazy stuff like that. It was, it's a, it was so amazing. Um, comedically, yes. Stephen Lynch let me know that you could be a successful guitar comedian, even though he's like a better player, better vocalist and better lyricist than me. And I don't mind saying that. Like he knows like if you have that kind of like formula, which he's trying to get away from now. Um, if you have that formula and know like that you're still a comedian writing songs with jokes, then the songs yeah. will be funny. Because uh, yeah. sometimes you don't want to fall too much in love with like a concept because a concept isn't funny. It's like, where are the jokes? So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to create that. That's another thing. When you're doing open mics, you want to like, when you're listening to comedians, you got to like think of getting their head and be like, 
so wait, where's their joke? Like, where are they? Where are we mm-hmm. supposed to laugh? Because sometimes it's more of like a stream of consciousness thing, yeah. Which is a type of comedy, but um, it's it 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 may like maybe like Dane Cook because he's so like animated, like he can get in yeah. away with that because he he kind of hits on his supposed punchlines, but yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, that was my, my influences are probably all that. Honestly, I, I probably started this whole art thing just cause I get, I said, I was a huge Bon Jovi fan. I played guitar in college to take up a new hobby for a class so I could cover Bon Jovi songs. So I probably performed more like cover Bon Jovi songs on fan club trips in college than before I even did comedy. So I kind of oh. like merged two and two together. So that's my musical taste, but I have to ask you, what are your um, comedic influences? What made you want to do? I'm taking Lisa Lampanelli is not one of your influences as she is probably the opposite of what you're doing, but. No. <laughs> um, so I, I, I love old school comedy. Like I, um, I love the original SNL. Right. I am a huge, I mean, I know probably a lot of female comics say it, but I love Gilda Radner. Right. I, my wife says that. Yeah. She loves Gilda. Oh my gosh. I just, I think she's phenomenal, but I, I grew up on like Steve Martin, um, Steve Martin movies and Bill Murray, like before it was like, like, and I'm going to sound like a hipster for saying this, but like before it was like cool to like Bill Murray, right. like <laughs> Bill Murray, like, yeah. And he, and even before then, like all his Groundhog Day and, and, and even when he was on SNL. Um, and then like, I mean, even like older than that, like Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, um, Abbott and Costello, like all, Johnny Carson, all the old guys, because I think there was something that, um, I, I don't know, like with clean comedy there, it kind of like forces you to kind of like get creative in a way that's mm-hmm. just like not doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. And it, and there's so much there that's like relatable in like the human experience. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Steve Martin is, is probably for sure. One of my, one of my favorites, um, more like modern, I think Kristen Wiig and incredibly talented women, Uh, Amy Poehler. Um, I think SNL when they were, when, you know, when they were running around on there is, is some of my favorites. Um, uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig and um. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Who Mike Birbiglia. Oh yeah, I've heard. I yeah. Uh, I just think I, again, he's like a storyteller comic, right? And and I love that. So I love, and that's how it started for me. I just I love storytelling, and I was a, a writer for a really long time. And I mean, I and I like public speaking. It's funny. I had this huge fear of it in college, and I dropped out of it three times. Oh, you had a class. You took a public speaking yeah. class. Wow. My major was corporate communications, so we <laughs> had to take a public speaking class. But I was terrified, and I would show up for the first day, and before it was ever my first turn to speak, I would drop out. And then finally senior year, they're like, you have to take this class if you want to graduate. And I was like, Ugh. so I went through with it. And after my first speech, I was like, this is freaking amazing. Like I loved it. I had no idea that I even liked it because I was so, I would, I just kept my fear of how good I may or may not do keep me from doing it. And, and that was a huge lesson for me in fear because I realized, man, like how much stuff have I missed out on? Because I've just been so afraid of the outcome instead of right. just like, you know, trying it and even finding out if, if, if maybe I like it. So the combination of, of really loving storytelling and then finding out I liked public speaking was kind of, that's where the, the merge of, you know, 
speaking stories came out. And then, you know, I think anytime you can tell a story and add humor to it, even if it's a painful story, mm-hmm. um, it just offers like, it just offers, I don't know, healing and hopefulness kind of in a way that I feel like that we need, I was gonna say these days, but I think always, I, I think, I think for humans to know that they, that they matter and that they're not alone and that there's, there's things that are hard, but then there's things that we can kind of like, just, I don't know, enjoy and, and laugh about with each other. I, I yeah. just think it's a little bit of goodness to the world. And yeah. I like comics that do that. Yeah. I think if, I think if your comedy can do that and then like a kid gets your audience, like to kind of like exhale, I think yeah. I, I see like, that's the, I feel like that's the direction you're kind of would be. Yeah. I could see you go in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, with your material, that'd be definitely. And yeah. No, I think also with uh, you want to like maybe you don't want to ever like you want to kind of scare yourself sometimes in your career. Like you want to like not settle in a way because only yeah. until like for maybe like the last four years, I kind of was like floating around with like the same material. I didn't really have even like one new song could like change the whole complexion of an entire show for me. And I've been right. kind of like working in two other things that are newish and it's been really great. And even like doing a set that like, it's not the same old place. Like I did like a showcase right. for at a college programming conference. And even though I knew I, I did it, I've done it for a while. Like the material I did on stage, like to be up there with like stuff on, like I have a lot at stake. Like if I have a good showcase, I get gigs. And if I don't do well, no one it's a waste of me to showcase in the first place. Yeah. So that's a good way when you get to that point where you're like, you think you have enough to like put some money on yourself. Uh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's definitely the way that's the way to go. You know, definitely, you know, do, do what you're comfortable with getting under your belt, but then, you know, throw on a little more. Yeah. And then I know that's why I'm still like, like some of the people that I do shows with and you know, they've clearly been doing it longer because we'll show up to shows and like my one friend, Lisa that I do with, she's been doing comedy the last two years and we'll show up to shows and she's amazingly talented. But right before the show starts, she'll be like, ah, I don't know what, I don't know which jokes I'm going to do. Today. I don't know what material <laughs> I'm going to do. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you, cause I, like, already this is all I have, <laughs> all I got and it's exactly this long and I have to do it just like this like if I were to just like oh which jokes and how should I add it and how should I do it like and I've and I mind you I've been like prepping all day and she just like shows up like which ones am I gonna like throw in there and I'm like oh my gosh I don't know how you do that and she's like it'll come you know it just takes time and I'm like man I hope because I can't even wrap my head around that Yeah, I mean, there's also like the idea of like even your your friends will tell you this if you tell them you're doing comedy like like I, I, when you when you're gonna the idea of like making it like the idea of making it is also yeah. like it's a it's a false concept because yeah. what does that mean like like Adam Hunter he made it when he got on Last Comic Standing so I guess he's supposed to stop but no he works just as hard and gets other right. great gigs afterwards. Um, on one of my episodes, uh, of this podcast, my most downloaded episode so far has been, I interviewed someone who opened for Bon Jovi in Nashville. He won the contest to open for Bon Jovi in Nashville. And he's like, you know what? This is going to open doors for me. It's like, it's the greatest gig so far, but it's not like making it like, even if like, there's no, like the idea of like, you always want to like, no, there's always the next gig. Yep. So you never want to like kind of like rest on your laurels but 
I always like before every show, I I, I feel like so, I have such a low self-esteem before every show I do because I'm like, these people think nothing of me. They know nothing <laughs> of what I've done. I've done no jokes for these people. I've warranted no like laughter. So I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do a good job. But they're like, wait a second. I've been doing this like thousands of times. So I think I'll be okay. But it's just something, it's just like a stupid thing I do to myself. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a play thing. Like, I know I'll do all right. But it's like, oh, I would have, what am I? Am I just these like six things I'm going to do during this show? Is that all I've amounted to? So it, it's, it's just silly. It's just silliness. Like the whole, like being a performer, it's just a funny game to play. Yeah. yeah, I think about that a lot with stuff like, well, I, and I thought about it when I was doing art because I realized like I would get these really awesome art gigs and whether whether it be like a live art show or whether it be that someone like spent an, a ridiculous amount of money on a painting that I was like, I can't believe I created that, you know, I realized that if for as amazing as that was and for as amazing as I felt, if that was sort of like my my well-being or my foundation was dependent on on how good I did. I was only ever going to be as good as the last thing that I painted. Right. You know, like I couldn't just create that one piece that then I was going to be set for the rest of my life or have nope. that one show that I could just ride the waves of that show's success the rest of my right. life. It was that's I got to keep doing this. <laughs> that's what I yeah, that's what I thought like when I did I finished the comedy class, I was going to do this set I was going to do the set for this with all the students and I was going to do so great. I had this great bit about, about uh, fast food where it's like, you know, if you're going out with the guys, like in the, in like the more, the later the night gets, it's like the female options descend just like the quality <laughs> of, of restaurants out there. Like in the beginning, it's like, you know, like steakhouses and great restaurant, you know, all lobster. And then by the end of the night, you're like, oh, shit, it's down to McDonald's and fucking Burger King. So, oh, no. Uh, and it, but it was it was it was better better written a little better than that. But I mean, yeah, it was that kind of concept. But it's like you thought that's the set that's gonna be the one that's gonna go straight to Comedy Central and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah. I don't even you don't even get caught up with that anymore. I mean, comedians maybe they want their Netflix special or their HBO special, but it, it just depends. It's wherever you gravitate to. I tell you, every path is different. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I don't really know what I'm even like. I'm hoping for what I'm gonna do with it. I just know that for right now, I just like it. Like, just I'm do just, the next just, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah, so don't worry. Of, like, putting pressure on myself no. to be like, I'm gonna be this or do that. I'm just like, you know what? I think the mere fact that I like it and it makes me feel alive is is worth doing it. I yeah. think. I think sometimes we just don't do enough things that just bring us joy just just for that reason. Sure. Um. So. Yeah, I like it, and if you know, it's rad that at least a few people along the way have have enjoyed it. So I'll take Good. it. <laughs> I mean, you can always like little like promo things you could do. You always, you could like start a mailing list or whatever if you wanted to. Um, I'd almost recommend if you do have like a, when you do have like a comedy website or page, you could always. Uh, do I have one of these on me right now? I have like this little like I put my it's just my a picture oh, with like yeah, some yeah. basic links, so I can just give it to people. Oh, that's and smart. And then stupid. This like says, where did I go wrong on the back? Evan's mom. It's kind of backwards <laughs> picture. Of but it's always nice to have like, maybe like a little like handout real thing. So it's not just tweet me or text right. me, whatever. Yeah. Just some minimal promo. So you're on the, on the hunt and getting conversations with people. Are you doing, when you do your sets, are you doing music all the way, all the way through when you do all of them or, or do you switch up? Uh, I have the guitar on me most of the show, but I'm not singing every part of the show. 
I might yeah. be playing every part of the show, but I'm not necessarily singing. Yeah, it's 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 like an interactive. Like it doesn't really fit as like me going on like a live at Gotham because I'd be having to. Res- I have some songs that I could do like on those kind of just here's the song I'm gonna play it and you're laugh. But a lot of it's relying because a lot so much of what I do is colleges and high schools. Yeah, uh, it's getting kids on stage and interactive material about that place I'm at and specific yeah. customized material and all that. Yeah. I really like, I don't know if it's a common intro, but there was one video that I saw uh, when you introduce yourself and you're like, you said your name, you're like, I'm Evan Wexel. If, if you don't like, like me, I'm Justin Bieber. Right. If you don't- going on i'm lady gaga <laughs> right yes i did that for a while and uh i am yeah i'm going to i've changed i've updated that a little like because i think like people now like are kind of like indifferent to bieber but that was like maybe five years ago that was totally yeah. what was yeah. working but yeah that was one of my stuff and uh i always Sorry. do that kind of style no i mean i i just bieber, bieber was like getting flat in recent years but the yeah. ironic thing is i might be on a a future episode of they're like they're making the gong show for abc yeah i and, just saw um, arnett's producing you that might, you it. might see me on there and no you, way. It might, you might see a connection with justin bieber uh with yeah. me in some way so i don't know what okay. that can what i can say i can't really probably say anything about that but um it should be interesting if they do use me and if it does air you never because, I mean, I've been in front of the judges on America's Got Talent, and, you know, they I was good to go, and they just, like, Piers Morgan was a tool, and it never yeah, went to really? air. Yeah, it was, oh, Piers Morgan, oh, horrible person. Um, no, but okay. I had a song laid out for David Hasselhoff, soundcheck killed, and uh, when I got up there, it was late, audience was walking out, and got my mom all the way out from New York to come and see it, and it was just... That was like total stomach punch of an evening, but you, no but you, way. and it's fine. I didn't want it. It wasn't worth airing. Cause they were just, they were like too mean to me. It was like, there was more like, it's, you gotta remember like contest shows like those it's entertainment first, it's story arc first. So they're never going to like award that stuff. Um, at wow. least in the beginning to like, who is the better performer? I was right. going on stage after an Indian guy was going to like mock sing I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. And I was thinking like, okay, this guy is going to do a joke, be a joke. They're going to vote him off and then I'll come on and I'll do my Hasselhoff song and it'll go great. And the complete reverse thing happened. And, no. you know, sometimes they'll say, well, you'll move on and you may never see the person again. But the ironic thing is that same season, they did have a guy that wrote a song about Hasselhoff that wasn't as good as my song, but whatever. I use the song. It's on my album. David Hasselhoff can save the day so um, they can hear it there. But it's just like the, the whole like the competing biz is such you're, yeah. it's not as stable as like just going out and doing your own thing. Yeah. 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 That's the kind of thing that I don't no. like about the whole. But I don't know. Contests Hollywood. can sometimes be fun. I mean, I interviewed a comedian, Bill Word, on the podcast and he was known for doing like uh, OC's funniest female, uh, California's funniest female contest. And he always cycles through with that stuff. So it's good to sometimes like meet other comedians in that kind of an arena just for the sake of like yeah. meeting other comedians. So it's not just open mic comedians, but yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah indeed. Yeah. Well, cool. J- well, JJ Barros this is good. This is good. Our first yeah. conversation. Thanks for having uh, me. Definitely. 
Um, definitely stay on. Uh, I'll talk to you after I, I, I say goodbye, but, um, where can people check out your stuff? Um, yeah, art so I or have, otherwise art or comedy have, or upcoming uh, gigs. Yeah. Art, art, comedy, all the above. So I have a YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com backslash JJ Barrows. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I do just a lot of videos, storytelling or just life thoughts or awkward date stories, stuff like that. That's probably why I don't get asked out. Cause dudes are like, I do not want to end up on her YouTube channel. Um, oh, well, awkward then, dates. It's socially awkward. What's a good awkward date story then right? before I get oh. you out of here? Is there yep. anything awkward you'd want to share? Um, Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start. There's so many. Um, well, oh, so there, there's that pop. Have you heard that cake song by Flo Rida? I think I probably have. I just wouldn't okay, know well, if I heard it. I like recently discovered it because I like a good workout mix. And I was like, oh my gosh, this song's amazing because he just repeats the word cake over and over again. <laughs> and um, and I sing it like all the time. And, and there's like, he says in the chorus, like, you know, I didn't come here to party. I just came for the cake. And I'm like, that's genius. That's why I go to parties. Like food <laughs> is the best reason. And like, I didn't realize that it was like a thing these days that like, guys are referring to girls as as cake you know oh okay i got gotcha. you yeah they, they're <laughs> talking about leftovers when they want to take cake home at night <laughs> and um so i this guy had asked me out um not too long ago well i guess it was a, a little while ago and i knew he was younger than me i was sitting there like how much younger um and but he was like young enough to know that like you know people refer to to girls as cake and so we were going out with a group of people and his friend in the group had said like oh dude i hope there's some sweet cake there and i (laughs) said oh god me too i love cake (laughs) the whole group just got like really quiet and like looked at me like i was like the old lady like best uh that's how i found out about the meaning of the song yay urban dictionary yeah. So there's just like weird, awkward stuff like that where I'm not as relevant maybe as I mm-hmm. should be. And I have these like, and I tend to just kind of like, when I get excited, I either just like say too much or, right. or I shut down. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't really figured it out yet. The, the nice okay. healthy balance of how you're supposed to act on a date, you know? <laughs> well, you can listen to all those stories at youtube.com slash JJ Barrows. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else people should see, check out about you? And art, oh yeah, check out my art is JJ Barrow's art, both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have and my Instagram's JJ Barrow's too. Same thing, stories and art and okay. all that. And I don't have my own website yet. I'm still working on that. Of course, I've been saying that the last two years. I'm still working w- w- on Wix, it. Wix.com, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I taught myself WordPress by watching videos, but it took me a while. But yeah, I yeah. just do do the yeah. Wix thing or Squarespace. Um, I, I, I could recommend other Facebook friends. If you, you, you seem like a doppelganger of one of my Facebook friends. If you want to look up, uh, Kristen Goddard or Kristen Horner, okay. um, Kristen Horner. I don't know if may a little look like her eh, same, same coloring. I would say Brent cool. Brunner, okay. yeah. get, get more mutual friends that way. Uh, cool. Well, thank you for coming on socially awkward. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what else. <laughs> good. It, it came out. This is better than most of my episodes, so I can't complain. <laughs> this is good. I'm in your fan club. Count me in. Yay. All right. Well, have a good one. And I will, I will, I will probably see you, uh, in the future or on the stage or something. Awesome. Thanks, Evan. Got it. Okay. That was my talk with JJ Barrows. 
did not know her uh, more than 24 hours ago. And uh, she came on. She was game. She played the game. She won the game. It was an awkward game. And uh, hopefully if you guys are in the San Diego area or if you want to search her down on Facebook, um, drop her a line, like her art, buy her art. And uh, yeah, she's glad. I'm glad to have her as one of my uh, four and a half thousand Facebook friends. She's a good one. Good attitude. Uh, surrounds herself with with good positive messages. And uh, if you work clean in comedy, it, it does open up more doors for you. Um, so again, awkwardwithevan.com is the website. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. Oh, most important thing you can do for the podcast for free is just subscribe to this thing. Write a five-star review. It helps the iTunes universe like me more. Um, and share this thing with your friends. Uh, at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I have a fun list of people to bring in uh, in the future. I'm hoping to snag uh, the biggest fish out there that I, I'm currently viewing. I keep talking about this person. I almost had that interview happen uh, last Friday, but I think my son needed help with something. So hopefully this Friday I will sit down with this person and uh, hopefully have the biggest episode yet of Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. But um, I'm just going to keep sounding awkward and uh, be on my merry way. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Please subscribe. Spread the word. Man, this is a weird show. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.